So finally, we come to love. And the reason I put it at the end is because to me, love is the most important concept and practice in the world. And the reason it is also at the end of this course is because it has traces of all the things that I've already talked about. Kindness has to be a part of it. Generosity has to be a part of it. Forgiveness has to be a part of it. And honesty has to be a part of it. All the other four things must manifest themselves in the practice of love and in the act of love. And of course, I mean, the basic thing is same. When I say the word love, what it means coming from so many different traditions, is accepting an other as your equal and loving them for who they are without effacing the difference, right? That's true love. You don't walk up to someone and say, I would love you if you had these, these, these attributes. Maybe those are part of your unconscious, but you don't give someone a list. You just love people for who they are, right? And love is essential for our emotional health. That's why children who get parental love in the infant stage and beyond end up being happier and more transformative people in the world because happy childhood makes them into strong forgiving, honest, generous, kind people. And so there is no doubt in research in child psychology, even starting with, you know, people like Melanie Klein and others who would tell you that that nourishing parenthood and love is important for children to be balanced in life. So that's one kind of love, which the Chinese Confucius would call filial love, love of the family. And then is the love of relationships and friends. We all seek recognition from others, right? Um, the Russian theorist Mikhail Bakhtin famously said in one of his works that that self is a gift thrown across a bridge through the gaze of the other. So it's others' love that makes us value ourselves more, makes us proud of ourselves. And so that's why in life you would encounter people who are unhappy. They are accomplished in everything, but they don't have that kind of love recognition from someone. That's how crucial love is to our identity in stabilizing it and strengthening it. So love of our friends, people we trust, companions, people who help us, our elders, our teachers, is important and part of, makes us who we are. And then there is the romantic love, which all of us seek. I mean, Plato taught us centuries ago that, you know, we are these two halves, right? And we are constantly seeking each other. That's natural, right? But that we seek this romantic love of another, right? 
And when we find it, when someone looks into your eyes and says, I love you, you feel that you have arrived, right? You feel that you have become. Because you need that. We need that acknowledgement, that recognition that someone could love us the way we are. right? Not our potential, not where we are headed, but just where we are in that moment in time in our life. And that's how significant love is. That's why when we lose it, we go into deep depression. Not because that we're missing the company of this person, but also the acknowledgement that came with it. But love can also be dangerous, right? If it becomes too possessive and obsessive, right? Uh, there's a beautiful chapter in Khalil Gibran's The Prophet on love, right? Where he's talking about love, but he is saying that be like the pillars of a temple that stand apart, but hold the same roof, right? So to love each other in a way where we can have our own autonomous identities, we can have our own interests, where we are not dependent on each other for our happiness, but are just happy together. That's the ideal form of love. Because then you're equals, and one partner is not completely dependent on the other to make them happy. A relationship in which one person believes that the other person's job is to solely keep them happy is a control relationship, right? It's not love relationship. Love, in material terms, the way I define it is, and sometimes my students ask me about it in philosophical discussions, and in simple terms I define it that, look, if you go into a store, and this is mostly to men, to address to them, but of course applies to women as well. I ask them, if you are in a relationship and you love this person and he or she loves you too or they love you, if you walk into the store, any store, departmental store, and the first thought that comes to your mind is, what would they like, your partner? If that's what you think, then that's the kind of love that will sustain you because you've already put the needs of the other above you. Now, this fact gets misused a lot in patriarchal societies, okay? So be wary of that, because women are expected to efface themselves for the men they are married to, and I absolutely disagree with that kind of idea of love. I think it should be equal. Both parties should feel the same way, and then it is true love. Now, love is also respect, that the person you love, you respect them for who they are. You respect their opinions. You consult them when you're making big decisions, right? And they respect you in return. There can be no love if there is no mutual respect, right? And so that's another crucial aspect of love. Now, here in America and in the West, we have this universal view of what constitutes love. But remember, there are different cultures where love is seen differently, right? 
in my own tradition i'm from pakistan but in the persian tradition in the arabic tradition and the muslim tradition there are different grades of love so there is this human love that i've been talking about but then there is hubballah the love of god the path through that is completely different than human love the, the human love doesn't request us or ask us to efface and eradicate ourselves no but the love of god in the muslim mystic traditions ends the journey ends in what is called fana where you cease to be and that is when you become one with god you can see that in the christian tradition as well after all jesus dying on the cross is the beginning of a god of love right that he transforms the god of justice from god of justice to the god of love there are various ways uh, scholars and authors have used the concept of love there's a beautiful novel by naguib mehfuz the egyptian nobel laureate called children of the alley which is an allegory of three great monotheistic religions so the first part is about judaism the second part about christianity and the third part is about islam and the first part is kind of the thematically entitled justice for all because the god of old testament is about justice the second part built around jesus is love all the time and the third part is force when necessary or justice when necessary and love all the time so love romantic love filial love love of your brothers and sisters love of your friends is a crucial part of our life it defines us it's what we seek and if we are not careful it can also consume us but in political activism also love has an important place and i highly recommend paulo freire's pedagogy of the oppressed in chapter 3 he's talking about how to create a dialogical relationship between teachers and students but also between activists the revolutionaries and their leaders and one important thing in that dialogue in creating dialogic identities is love because what he's saying is that without love you cannot create an equal relationship you will have a sado masochist relationship but it is love that makes you equal and so love must be an equalizing factor when we come together so these are some of the thoughts that i've gleaned over a lifetime having experienced love being in love being married to someone for 17 years whom i love right and who loves me and and so what i have learned is that when you love someone it should not be possessive it has to be where you give them their space where you love them for who they are and where you don't make them responsible for your happiness right but where you think of them 
when you're making a big decision which could impact both your lives. And on a larger scale, as we look at the planet, love can guide us to love this earth, right? If we love it, chances are we will not harm it. Love of our animals. My cat is just sleeping next to me, right? When I pet him or when he walks up to me, he shows love to me, trust to me. And I return in return, return that love, right? Love of the trees, the flowers, the honeybees, the smallest little creature that exists in this world, right? This whole web of life. So that's why I placed love at the end of this course. Because without it, we will be lost. Without it, we will constantly create this world into a terrible place to live. But if we approach everything with love, with all the caveats that I talked about, and if we respect each other, and if we accept others with love, without effacing the difference, without forcing them to be like us, then our personal lives would be richer. But beyond that, the human destiny will shift. It will shift from a world of acquisition and power and greed to a world of generosity, kindness, honesty and forgiveness that I talked about in this course. So that's all. These are my few words on the last part of this course. I hope these are useful to you. And I hope you can expand on these and think about it more and keep enriching your lives. And if you have any questions, any suggestions, any ideas, I'm here. Please feel free to send me a message and I'll try to address those. And if there is something you want me to learn more, I will learn it, right? And I hope to share it with you someday maybe by updating this course. Thank you so much and may there be kindness, generosity, forgiveness, honesty and love in your life. Peace and love.